This is the CIIS Public Programs Podcast, featuring talks and conversations recorded live by the Public Programs Department of California Institute of Integral Studies, a nonprofit university located in San Francisco on unceded Ramaytush Ohlone land. In this episode, our university's president, Brock Blomberg, and provost, Kathy Littles, have a unique conversation exploring the present and future of CIIS and what is core to its mission of integral education. President Blomberg and Provost Littles share insights on the current moment at CIIS and beyond, as well as the role higher education plays in our world today. They discuss the creativity, innovation, and expansion required to meet the needs of students and faculty in higher education while responding to trends in an evolving marketplace. This episode was recorded during an in-person and live-streamed event at California Institute of Integral Studies on January 24, 2023. A transcript is available at ciispod.com. To find out more about CIIS and public programs like this one, visit our website, ciis.edu, and connect with us on social media at CIIS Pub Programs. Well, I'm, I'm delighted uh, for this opportunity for us to chat. I always love having my office next to Kathy's, so now we get a chance to, to have no walls between us right. as, as we uh, talk a little bit. I think we, we talked a little bit in the beginning just sharing, um, you know, what drew us to CIS. Uh, and, and maybe I'll ask you first, uh, your sure. journey, a little bit how, how you came to be our provost. Well, it was a long journey, but um, one that I'm just so incredibly proud of and really shows that if you're open to the possibilities, anything is possible. So I came to CIS, I believe around 2006, at a time in my life where um, my mother was very ill and I had literally just finished up my coursework at UC Davis um, and my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And so the bottom line, um, the doctor very gently told me, you need to make some preparation because she's not going to live for very much longer. Well, she ended up um, going into remission, living three years. But in the meantime, I had to get a job right, <laughs> <laughs> to support myself um, in preparation. So I applied to two jobs, one for the city of Oakland running cultural funding. And there was an opening in the School of Undergraduate Studies for a core faculty member. Yes, <laughs> very strong school. Um, and I got them both. I didn't get the core faculty position. I was asked to be an adjunct. So um, that began my journey at CIS. I'm so grateful for the experience of being an adjunct. I was an adjunct for 10 years here at, uh, at CIS. Um, and as time progressed, I was always a pretty good administrator. Um, and our, our wonderful vice provost, Michelle Ng, asked me to apply for the director position for transformative inquiry, um, which was at the time, I believe, our only online program here at CIS. Um, so I ran that, became the director, um, wonderful faculty. And that's really, really honed in on um, who we are, 
our mission, our values. The older I get, I'm very much tied to, I have to be in a place um, that has a firm mission that I can relate to. Um, and in our case, our wonderful seven commitments as well. So I grew into that. Um, I consider this place home. Uh, the only reason why I left, I became Dean of the School of Consciousness and Transformation, loved working with the faculty and the students. It was just time for me to have a new experience and I'm so grateful that I did, to go out and see what else is out there, how other universities are run. Um, and that has really honed in on, I think, giving me really good skills in terms of what it takes to be a provost. So I came back um, because I love this place. I love the students. Um, I can relate to our mission and our values. Um, I'm somebody who um, did not succeed really well in a traditional um, kind of banking school, reciting, taking tests. Um, I was somebody who enjoyed the experiential, um, who enjoyed the arts, who thrived under a model of um, an education, an integral education, really, <laughs> of mind, body, spirit. Um, I think I, as a staff member and as an administrator, and it, uh, I'm attracted to this place because really it is about showing up in all the fullness of who you are. And that isn't, some universities may say that, we actually do practice it. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're perfect, um, but certainly, when I walk through the front door, I can believe in who we are and what we do. I love our programs um, and there's plenty of time and space for growth because that's what we, what we do here. Um, and so that's my journey. I've been incredibly honored to take this role as provost. And I was telling Brock, many times our admissions department, they give tours in the building and I can see the students pass outside my window. And the first question they ask is, what is a provost? What do you actually do? And so I can talk to them about, you know, running the academic programs, working with our faculty, um, working with our non-instructional departments for them. Um, and so it has been a humbling position. <laughs> it's been great working with you, Brock, and I'm learning every day. We, we really teach here at CIS, you are a continuous student and learner. And that, does, that just never stops. So in that respect, I am where I need to be. That's what I like to say. Well, I, I, I wanna applaud that. That, well, was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was brilliant. And um, it has been such a pleasure being your partner here as president. I, I'll, I'll tell a little bit on you. Our first time when I met uh, Kathy, uh, she was not yet uh, a member. Well, she uh, had obviously been at CIIS, but she was at another institution. Yes. And I was trying to convince her to maybe come back as provost. And I noticed that she kept referring to CIIS as we. Yes. We do this and we do that. And I just love that you still felt so part of the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just very fortunate to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and actually, you know, in, in my journey, I also really appreciate that you tell the story a little bit about where you were in, in your life and how uh, this really was a was a was a great spot for you uh, for your own growth. Similarly, for me, that was that was the the case. What really has drawn me to CIS uh, is the people. Yes. I mean, there is something about this community 
that is none like no other community that you're ever going to to be with. And I think it's because everybody is here for some common purpose, even if they don't agree what that common purpose is. And I and I had so much fun listening to the community talk about what even the word integral means, because uh, there's a lot of wrestling with that. And I think when you're in a community that really asks great questions, they may not always have the same answer, but they're there wrestling with the great questions. I mean, that says a lot about what you're trying to do. And so I was really drawn to this incredible community of, uh, of people. I was really drawn, as you said, to the mission. You know, a lot of universities, a lot of organizations have a value statement or they'll have a mission statement. And we have those, but we really call our value statement commitments. Yes. So that speaks much louder and prouder about how what we are trying to do is we're taking a stronger stance. And I think that speaks to everything we're doing. And I'm having the time of my life here in this year and a half. I would not have predicted that when I, when I first came, but it has been a learning experience in such a, a, a great way. And I'll, and I'll leave with this. If you go to almost every single university, uh, one of the words they always talk about is transformational. We are transformational. Uh, I have never seen anyone prove transformational mm -hmm. except for here at CIS. Mm -hmm. And I see transformation happen in, in, in each person who's transforming. I see that we're looking to transform society. I see that we want to transform this planet. And I think that is the kind of place that anybody who wants to get jazzed up about would get jazzed up. So that's really um, what drew me here. And I've just grown to love the place more, as, as you say. It's, it's really been a lot of fun so far. And I appreciate public programs for inviting us uh, to talk a little bit about that today. So I think the topic we're supposed to talk about a little bit is um, uh, what, what integral education means uh, today and beyond. And um, so I think what I'd like to do for a couple minutes is just talk a little bit about education in, in, in the uh, United States. Uh, and then you can correct all the mistakes I, I'm going to make, uh, Kathy, because I know uh, you have a lot better answers for these things. But I think it's important for us to really understand, if we're going to say where CIS fits, what the whole marketplace for ideas looks like right now. And there are some serious challenges in being a president at a university or being uh, anyone associated with the university, because there are a lot of... Um, you know, headwinds. One, there's, there's, and, I, and I'm sure everyone knows this, but there's the cost of uh, education. You know, um, costs are going up. I think uh, if I compare, say, a decade ago, private school universities were around 26,000, and now they're more around 32,000 on average across the United States. And that's adjusted for inflation. So it means if, if a student is graduating, uh, with a graduate degree in psychology, the average amount of debt a student has nowadays, get, this is not CIS statistics, this is United States statistics, is about $60,000. So that's a real big investment for people. So you have that going on, and at the same time, we have a decreasing enrollment. We've seen now there's about um, five million less students, I believe, than there was a decade or, or so. Uh, looking for education. So that makes it more challenging. And actually, the number of competitors in higher education is actually growing. 
Uh, do you have any idea how many colleges, does anyone have any, any idea how many colleges and universities there are in the United States? Would you guess it to be more than 1,000? Yes, it's closer to 4,000. So you can imagine if there's 4,000 universities and, you were trying, and everyone's trying to grab their attention, uh, that's kind of difficult. And then, and then the other challenges are funding. Uh, funding, uh, the state and federal governments have put less money into education than ever before, and it's not easy to get people to open up their pocketbooks. Uh, so, and then, and then the final challenge is that there's a changing demographic at universities. There's a lot more non-traditional students or students from different backgrounds, and so not all universities are ready to handle that, and they don't know how to meet students where they are. Not like we do here at CIS, but th those are some of the real challenges in the world of education. But on the other hand, and there's some joke about a two-handed economist uh, that's out there, but on the other hand, for, for the area and the space that CIIS is working in, there's a lot of real positive uh, data. And, and I'm, you can see I'm using a lot of my economics here and trying to use, use data to describe things. But in the area of mental health services, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has predicted about a 25% increase in jobs in the area of mental health services over the next decade. Um, if you look at online education, while overall education is falling, online education has gone up by about 2 million during that time. Uh, and then in the space of mental health, there's far less stigma than there ever was in the past. So the interest for people to actually, you know, look for mental wellness and, and, and uh, be able to provide services is, is greater than it's ever been before. And then the last thing I think that we're, is really exciting on, on the positive side and the overall uh, marketplace for ideas is that there's a lot more interest in what we would call interdisciplinary or uh, integrated education than ever before. And universities are trying to offer the sorts of things that we're offering. And service learning is such a bigger piece. So I think while there's a lot of challenges, really in our niche where we are distinctive, where we are that avant-garde institution, we can really actually see a lot of positive positivity for the future and the way education is. So Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that also means that we're perfectly situated for past, present, future of education in the United States. I think it's interesting that you started off with cost um, because of provost and as I'm working with chairs, I'm always cognizant around time to degree. You know, how are we accepting students? How long are they taking to complete their degree? Um, because the students, um, people are very savvy now about education and their time and frankly, their funds um, and how much it costs um, and how, when I graduate, am I going to pay back all of these loans? And all of this is good, right? Knowledge is power. That means as a university, we have to offer programs that um, are timely, um, that meet the person where they are. I always like to say, come to CIAS if you um, are ready to explore the full self, right? Um, if you're ready to hold up the mirror and ask who am I and what do I wanna contribute 
to the world. Um, and part of that is how am I going to pay for this? Um, what programs are out there that will support me and the work that I want to do in the world? And I think we have met that for decades, frankly. I think we have always been ahead um, of the curve and, and a lot of universities are catching up. You know, when I went to, you know, my undergraduate and graduate, they weren't doing wellness. They weren't doing whole person learning. We were doing that here at CIS decades ago. Um, and we've, we've only gotten better. Um, and I think we've gotten better in several ways. And one of them is expanding the circle, um, being more inclusive, being more intentional um, around uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and meaning it, right? Because our students and our faculty and our staff hold us accountable to that. Um, and so nothing but opportunity on the horizon. I think that um, one of our strengths um, is the complexity and the creativity around our academic programs, right? I, I can, can't tell you the amount of times that I have heard from students, I've been looking for this program for years. I finally found it. Um, I can now show up uh, whether it be our integrative health or expressive arts, um, sit down, be, be um, led in a space, a cohort space by faculty where I'm seen and heard. Um, and while we may think that is an easy, easy thing to do, it really isn't. Um, so that people find their place and their passion. Um, our faculty are the engine right? They are the mentors, they're the innovators, um, and they are the creatives, the therapists who really um, are not only inspirational teachers and amazing scholars, um, but have the ability to lead a student from classroom to opening up to what I want to contribute to the world. And that is a skill that has to be done with head and heart. And I never lose sight of that at CIS, um, that this is a place where um, we hold spirituality at the center. Uh, we don't define it for you. <laughs> That's part of the exploration, um, but it provides us a platform to lead with love and empathy and compassion in all the work that we do, whether you're a therapist or an anthropologist. Right, whether you're, you're in women's spirituality um, or you're getting, getting your counseling degree, it's all head and heart first um, in your kind of spiritual grounding. And I think that's integral education. That's integral education. That's a big piece of it. Well, I I love first off just hearing you talk. I can hear the passion. Mm -hmm. I can I can hear that that feeling of our incredibly talented faculty who care so deeply about our mission and, and what we do. Um, I remember um, when I was asking you uh, in, in one of our uh, conversations to explain a little bit about what was so exciting about CIS, you used the word, it's an invitational. Yes. And I really love that because everyone's invited uh, to come and explore and we do have uh, these incredibly complicated yeah. and creative programs to do that. And um, I, I, that's uh, unique. I, in terms of organizing a university, I'm, I'm so used to seeing universities organized as a uh, arts and sciences, yeah. uh, social sciences, humanities. Our, we have three schools, mm -hmm. 
that, that are, are uh, expected in, in the future, the School of Undergraduate Studies, and then one that focuses on psychology and health, and one that focuses on um, consciousness and transformation. And, I've, and that, I think, speaks loud and proud about this invitational that we have. I want to highlight um, uh, something that you said in passing because there was so much to unpack in what you just said. You talked a little bit about, because it's so important to us, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And I know that this has been something the university cares deeply about, and we've invested in a whole division there. And I know you've your experience in the past, and you've actually brought on some real, you know, uh, faculty resources around that. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, how that's unfolding and, and how you see that we could be a radical leader in that area. Sure. Before I answer that question, I do want to say that um, one of the reasons why I came back, Brock, and I may not have told you this in person, this is the perfect time in front of this audience, <laughs> was because... Um, you had Rachel Bryant in the role of Chief Diversity Officer, VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion here at CIS. Um, and that Rachel reported to you as president, um, the role reported to you, um, and that this was not just a tokenized position at CIS, which is typical in a mm. lot of universities, believe me. I had the role before at another university, lack of resources and so forth. Um, and so that was a shift for me. That um, positioned me to see that we are um, cognizant and aware of the role and the importance that it plays for our community um, and expanding our community. Um, and I think that's really critical at CIAS. Now, when I came in, of course, that role was already established, but I also knew, because I, I knew many of the faculty, um, although there were many that I, I, you know, that were new since 2019, I knew that what was lacking um, and the faculty would embrace here, faculty development, support, and resources. Um, so I created a dean position, dean of faculty development, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, Dr. Danielle Drake, who was a, or still is a professor in um, expressive arts, a fantastic professor, great program. And what Danielle has done is created an office for faculty support. So now we're doing writing retreats. We're putting together uh, workshops for faculty in terms of their own professional development. That's so critical because many people assume that once you get the faculty job, you just do, you know, your research and your teaching, but we're all, we all need professional development. So she's doing that with the faculty and really listening to the needs um, at every point in their career. For new faculty, we have a great mentoring program. Um, we all need mentors. Eventually, I'd like to see mentors for every stage in a faculty life, early, mid-career, and when you're headed towards retirement, because retirement is great, but it can be scary for a lot of people. What am I gonna be? Who I, what am I gonna do afterwards? Um, so the mentoring part is absolutely critical. And then just kind of the nuts and bolts of partnering with me um, and being a good listener, a good steward, um, and a good leader for our faculty here at CIS. And I know they appreciate it. I know they appreciate um, the level of decision-making 
many of which are hard decisions <laughs> um, in a timely manner. But for me, that is the one role that's been a game changer. It really has. Um, and I believe, you know, good things come for the faculty. I'd like to see us grow. I'd like to see us, um, when we will be more robust with our recruitment and retention. Retention of faculty is huge. They have options, right? Um, and especially our faculty of color, um, who often uh, in the academy, this is just as in CIS, it's a hard job, right? There's a lot going on there for all faculty, but I'm gonna specifically say faculty of color in the classroom and the dynamics and the, um, the complexity of what that means. And Danielle's providing excellent leadership. Um, so that, and I tell, told them this on my first um, faculty council meeting, I'm the provost for everybody, right? Not just for some, provost for everyone. And I, I know that they heard me um, and expect me to be a good steward um, for them and to hold faculty governance um, in a way in which um, leads us to the next 10 years. Well, I, I, I can tell you, I hear it from everyone in the community that it's really having impact and it's Great. allowing us to live true to our commitments around DEI. And also, I'll just add even more of a, of a pat on your back, because I think you're also doing it in the student affairs area. I know our dean of students, Freilani Agalapai, has, has really emboldened yes. her, her group, too. So when students have, have needs uh, and, and, and are looking for more uh, resources and more capacity building, that we're doing more now than we've, we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. So you talked about growth yes. in, in what you were just saying. And I do think uh, we are at this point when I was said in the beginning, some of the challenges and some of the opportunities where there really is an opportunity. We're at this inflection point where we could be leaning into more growth. Yes. And that, but that's, that's got to be done through some kind of a strategic thinking. Yes. And we're, we're working on a strategic plan. Um, you know, one of the things that I would love to get your thoughts on is – we are such a sort of cool, edgy, avant-garde San Francisco community, right? That I know a lot of people are looking for, but getting access to that across uh, the world isn't always so easy. First of all, the cost of living here in San Francisco is is astronomical. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, you know, that may not necessarily work if somebody has a different, you know, needs with their family or they're like, they may not be able to be here. So I know we've talked a little bit about new programs and also online programming. So I'd like to get a little, uh, pick your brain a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, because I know uh, as president, I'm always happy to, <laughs> to look for yes. Yes. But I, I'd love to know what you see are the, uh, the, the potential um, opportunities and, and challenges with online education, with what we're trying to offer. Yes. Well, um, you know, I ran online education for a while, looking at Professor Monturi um, from Transformative Studies. I really believe, and I'm going to shout this from the mountaintop, CIS has been doing online education since 1994, okay? We are not new. 
at online education. When the country had to pivot to online education and a lot of them were struggling, a lot of colleges and universities were struggling. Um, I wasn't here, but we had programs like Transformative Inquiry that were already online, um, uh, other programs in, in School of Consciousness and Transformation that were already online, had been online, frankly, for decades, um, help the rest of the school transition to online education. And so we have been doing it for a long time and doing it really well, right? So it isn't just this notion of faculty showing up and lecturing online for two hours and having the students take notes and I'll see you on Thursday type thing. But um, we, we practice presence, we practice creativity, we practice innovation. Um, that can be done and has been done online. Our graduates, leave here, and this isn't just me making it up. Um, they have reflected back to me, that was the best education I ever could have had. Um, the online platform for us has opened us up globally, right? So now, and we have students from Africa and Australia and Europe who come to CIS and can, can now have the CIS experience online. And part of that is also being participants in our intensives. Um, most of our programs hold intensives if you're online. You know, you meet together for three or four days during the semester here in San Francisco. You get to know your faculty, you break bread together, you start your classes. And so there's that intimacy that we have built in to our online programs here at CIS um, that I think has helped in the overall experience for our students. And they leave transformed. And that can happen and has happened for a long time online. We have many programs that are still face-to-face -face and they're extremely successful, no plans in changing, right? Especially our counseling programs, um, the intimacy. Um, and somebody said that, you know, part of being a counselor is, is reading the body language, seeing, uh, feeling the energy as you're speaking to clients. And we're holding on to that because that's who we are and that won't change. Um, and we are a university, CIS, that can and has held both. Um, and I think that's part of the beauty of um, integral education is in that in both platforms, face-to-face -face and online, you can show up as a whole person, right? Um, you can deliver a holistic education where mind, body, spirit are centered, um, even if you're thousand, you're half a world away, right? Or if you're just sitting right across from one another. Um, not every university can do that. We can and have done it here, and we have a great track record <coughs> of doing so. So in, in that respect, I'm so proud um, that um, we made it through. Um, you know, this large pandemic, which devastated us all, I think we have come through stronger. I think we have had the opportunity to kind of reinvent who we are and who our audience is, and it's expanded. And that's exciting. Um, while, ex while still trying to stay true to our identity and who we are and our history, which I think is so critical. Well, and and I think you're you you raised a lot of really good points that it doesn't have to be a one size fits all model for certain types of education, you know. I, and I and I've seen this. We've all seen it in the workplace, right? Some people want mm -hmm. more uh, distance, and then sometimes it's important to have those 
moments when everyone clusters. And I think the intensives is a great way that we do that for a lot of the stuff we do in the School of uh, Consciousness and Transformation. I also think, like you said, for counseling, a lot of the, you know, uh, the, the high touch yes. opportunities are really important. And before you go on, I want to just give a shout out to our clinics. Okay. Because that is the, the hands-on experience that our students get here at CIS um, before they become, you know, therapists. Um, they are in the midst of becoming therapists. We're doing works at our, at our clinics um, that are really community-based. Um, here in the city and county in San Francisco. Um, I think one of the things that I love about CIS is there is this kind of community grounding here around mission and in our neighborhood. And I think that our presence, um, I'm looking forward to that expanding in terms of health services and counseling. Literally everybody just a couple of blocks away, there are people who are in need mm -hmm. of our services. Um, and our faculty are primed to support and nurture our students through what it means to become of service to our community. Right. Absolutely. And so and I and I think that's a, a CIS kind of a way of operating. How are we of service? beyond ourselves when we leave the building. Um, and I think in every program, every aspect, um, certainly uh, in our academic programs, that's what we lean towards. And it's what the world needs right now. Yes. If you look at the broken uh, space a lot of us are in, and again, we're seeing there's a lot of demand for that. And we didn't even talk about our China program. Right. So there's so, just so much more it's to amazing. talk about. All well, right. since you mentioned... Yes. Um, our MAPS programs, our China programs, we do offer certificates in human sexuality and in psychedelic scholarship as well. And so there are opportunities for people who, who are either don't have the time to become uh, students, full-time students, to also get the CIS experience through these certificates as well. Um, and we're expanding. Um, and I always say, kind of, let's pump our brakes <laughs> and do this right. Do our get our market research, get our data together, um, get faculty on board. Want to hear from everybody on on what direction we should go. But expansion is in it's slow and steady, is the name of the game. Well, I I, I think that, you know it's that energy. There's a, there's this constant sort of tension on, on the creative side because there's always so much. Uh, energy around that right and so i, I appreciate especially you. here yeah exactly. i appreciate you, <laughs> your ability to be the the a person running the orchestra yes. uh the maestro yes um yeah so i think it's important also to point while and i appreciate you bringing that up in addition to our schools we do have incubators if yes. you will for a lot like of other that. ways that you can um be connected to cis mm -hmm. whether that is through uh you know cptr uh, whether it's through our MAPS program and even this public programs, yes. uh, we have certificates that you can um, engage with. So there's a lot mm -hmm. out there. And I, and I think these are ways over time we, we may find that we want to continue to expand and, and look. And, and so it's, uh, like I said in the beginning, I'm having a lot of fun yes. uh, getting That's a chance to, to watch all the great work that our, our faculty are doing and all the scholarship that our students do. I, I, I loved being at graduation last year and listen to the topics that our dissertations yes. uh, that our students are looking into. So we really are 
um, extending the boundaries of human wisdom. So that's exciting. Definitely. And I, and I always want to add that um, our student services, kind of our non-academic department, like um, IT, student affairs, financial aid, the library, all run so beautifully that that is absolutely critical to the student experience and by extension, the faculty experience. Because if those things are not aligned, it undermines all the work that we're trying to do. And so I just want to kind of um, acknowledge and thank all of the deans, all of the staff, um, who really hold CIS front-facing together and really exhibit um, the warmth and the inspiration and the creativity um, to our, for our students and for our whole community. Um, and everybody knows, you know, both have to be running um, at an optimal rate. Right. But and, and as provost, everybody kind of looks at me as the academic person. And I am. I also hold um, kind of the non-academic offices as well, pretty much all of them. Um, and they have to be optimal. Right. They have to be in support of our community. And they do a really, really wonderful job. I, I think you really raise a great point. This goes back to some of the challenges mm -hmm. of running a university. Uh, is you, you think a, a university is a bunch of chalkboards and rooms that people go and then they all break and, and go back, but there's so much uh, support that's necessary to, to be able to do it. And the expectation of students now yes. is much higher than it's ever been. Absolutely. You know, when, when, when we talk about our commitments, um, I know a lot of students when they come here, um, their expectation of their classroom experience is almost like it, you're no longer on planet Earth, right? Uh, and I mean that in the in the sure. best sense of it, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And and we 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 aspire to do that, but obviously everyone's coming here with some humanity, so we don't always reach that. But but that does mean you know we, we have to be uh, able to provide uh, resources for IT. It does mean, particularly if we're going to encourage you know a much more diverse uh, student body, uh, uh, groups, uh, you know, more minoritized populations, we need to meet people where they are and, and be able to understand and be culturally competent and provide resources if students need those things. And so that's a very different model of higher education than maybe it was uh, when CIS started in, Certainly. in the 60s. Certainly, and it's exciting to see an uptick in veterans that are attending CIS, it's very exciting. Um, certainly our students that have a, a disability um, have increased here at CIS. Um, even, you know, and the students are amazing because one of the things, and, and maybe this just has to deal, address the students that we attract, but uh, very vocal, <laughs> many of them are activists. So when I get emails and our Dean of Students get emails about um, uh, body diversity, frankly, um, and other types of diversities, we better be able to respond to that and um, have answers um, and support and resources in a timely manner. Um, and thus far, we've been able to, to meet the moment, and I expect that to expand. As you open the door more, um, as we should, the more diverse populations come in, and we have to be ready. Um, you invite them, you got to be ready, right? You're exactly. not kind of putting things together as they're at the table waiting for the meal. 
right? Um, and so I, I think that we are a work in progress. Um, and certainly I'm very excited about the expansion of the student population um, that we have. And certainly if you live outside of the Bay Area, um, you still need access to all of these offices and answers and resources, and we ought to be able to meet that. Uh, 100%. And, and, I, and I do think that this is a, a big commitment of the university. And, and we're here, it's an educational university, so we're going to get educated ourselves. Yes, of course. When, when, we're, when we need to learn more. Mm -hmm. um, in, our, in our current strategic plan, uh, we're, we're centering it around spirituality. And I've also heard the word spirited action. I yes. like both of those. These are right. great ways to describe, you know, that the, the, the special sauce or the, or the honey that feeds our, our hive. Um, I, I'm curious to know in, in, you know, in thinking that through in, in the, whether it's in, in the classroom or whether it's co-curricular experiences or, or, or whether it's the history, you know, how do you see both uh, spirituality and spirited action exhibit itself in, in, in who we are. It, it's, there is no one size fits all here at CIS. It really does depend sometimes on the school. It may depend on your department. Um, it may even depend on your particular faculty and how they want to bring that into the curriculum and uh, support that journey for the students. Um, and that's the beauty of it right, um, that we have um, a lot of students that have trauma around um, their spiritual journey as they come in the door. And how do we meet that? How do we address that? We have a lot of students that are, you know, devout in their spiritual and religious practices. Um, how do we meet that? How do we support that? Um, and then we have those who are just a blank slate. You know, what does this mean? That's why I'm here right, to explore that. And we ought to be able to meet all of them. Um, and, and I think that we do. I think that we do. I, I have, I thought that the exercise around the strategic plan has been one of the more CISE exercises <laughs> that I have experienced since coming back. Um, and it has resulted in, I think, a very accessible, inspiring, and exciting strategic plan that we've already kind of socialized uh, throughout the university and, and um, we hope will be, be approved soon. Um, but certainly, um, there have been wonderful discussions that have resulted in um, a plethora of ideas and ways in which spirituality shows up in our lives. And that's CIS, right? That is the secret sauce, as you like to say, um, that the journey uh, of discovering who am I, um, grounded in spirituality can be a very um, uplifting and transformational experience for a lot of people. Um, and we want to continue that. We well, want to continue that. And, and I appreciate you talking a little bit. So it, it, some of this may seem a little insider about our, our strategic plan, which we'll put on our uh, website when the trustees uh, endorse it, which we have an expectation that they uh, will be doing in the next upcoming months. Um, but, but I do think uh, it is indicative, this process has been indicative of the kind of collaboration with a common 
uh, language and purpose where not everyone always agrees, mm -hmm. but everyone is invited to engage. Um, and that's been really, I think, uh, a, a pleasure to watch the, the community get together and, and watch some of the trustees actually sure. engage in, in conversations. Uh, and I see some of their trustees, some of the trustees are here in the room, which is wonderful to, to see as well, to see them support mm -hmm. uh, CIS through so many different uh, ways. I'll, I'll say what's exciting also from a personal level is knowing that this, the seeking of meaning and purpose is, yes. uh, and, and looking outside of yourself for that has been something that I knew in one specific tradition growing up. And in the year and a half I've been here, I've, I've learned my heart's exploded in a whole new way sure. to explore that. And, and I think that that's indicative of the kind of experiences I know I've heard a lot of our students talk about mm -hmm. during their journey or, 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 or the faculty or the staff. So I do think it's it may not be programmed in the same way that you're going to take like a comprehensive examination on spirituality right. or, or something <laughs> like not. that. Yeah. But I do think because it's so part of our DNA and so part of how we're thinking creatively to, to, to pro put programming in, it's going to be something that everyone will wrestle with. And it's not a comfortable conversation for everyone because of the points you're making. People are coming from their, some of their own traditions and they may take with that a lot of, uh, understandable concerns for for what these words mean and and, and where that comes from yeah. but it's 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 neat to see the university look at this i think that's really kind of what integral education is to keep wrestling with all of these things while at the end of the journey you'll have a, a phd or a master's degree or a ba yeah agreed agreed i was um with a provost colleague last week um, and her university is in Texas. If she's watching, hello. <laughs> <laughs> she said, one thing about CIS is you own your mission and identity. And I think that's our reputation. And I'll take that any day of the week um, because it's something to be proud of, to own, right? To embody and to be inspired by. And I think all of us, all of us, faculty, staff, students, um, administrators um, ought to think about that. You know, I think of it often. And um, I will share with everybody in one of our executive uh, leadership meetings, Rachel Bryant says, we are only here for a season, right? We're stewards of this place. We're not going to be here forever. Uh, we're not going to live forever. But it, while we are here, to once we enter that front door to really understand our mission and our purpose and our history because it's beautiful we have a great history here um and to really embody that and lead with love and um that's what i try to do every day um sometimes i come up a little bit short because i'm human <laughs> right um but that is really the embodiment of what it means to be here um, and to be of service um, to all of you. And the faculty feel that way as well, because I believe they believe they are of service um, to teach our students. And I think a lot of our students leave with that um, narrative and understanding about the next step in their lives. You know, I, in, in trying to summarize a lot of what we're talking about, because, uh, you know, uh, there's so much here, 
but it, it may feel like it's uh, all over the place at the same time. There's something that's really distinctive. Yes. And I, and I can tell you, going back to the point of the marketplace for ideas, that's not always the case. If you look at a lot of colleges and universities, it's really hard to know the difference between one university and another university a lot of times. And so if you're really trying to describe to a person what's special about you, you know, to say we have small classes or we have big classes, you know, those are not always <laughs> that meaningful. You know, we believe in transformation, as I said. Unless you can demonstrate your, that it's transformational uh, education, it really doesn't uh, go that far. And I will say here, I really appreciated your comment about we, we all own this mission. You know, we're all carrying this torch. Mm -hmm. This is something that uh, the uh, Hardest Chowdery started. Uh, this, will, this will be our 55th. Yes. Uh, and, and it's not called Double Nickels. What's the... Emerald. emerald. It's the emerald anniversary uh, that we have coming up at, at, at CIS. And I know that the original uh, incarnation uh, is, is different than it is today, but at the same time, we are still uh, following a lot of those uh, same traditions by mixing a lot of East-West mm -hmm. uh, philosophies, by uh, celebrating not just the philosophical component, but also the, the, the healing component. Um, but it is a little different than it was. But at the same time, I think we've we have held on, and and I and I would like like to believe you and me as the 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 the, the two, uh, two two leaders here that that we continue to be the kind of trustees and stewards because because uh, Rachel's right, you know, we we only have these jobs for a season, and what's going to be exciting is what happens during that season. Yes, and uh, I think it's there's, an open book. It's an it? open book. <laughs> Sure, but it's a distinctive place, and I think that's why when we're we're summarizing about the you know the what is integral education, how it works in the marketplace, and what the future is, I think the future is very bright mm -hmm. for uh, us and where we are in that spot. I agree. I agree. Very exciting. Thank you for listening to the CIIS Public Programs Podcast. Our talks and conversations are presented live in San Francisco, California. We recognize that our university's building in San Francisco occupies traditional, unceded Ramaytush Ohlone lands. If you are interested in learning more about native lands, languages, and territories, the website native-land.ca is a helpful resource for you to learn about and acknowledge the indigenous land where you live. Podcast production is supervised by Kirsten Van Cleef at CIIS Public Programs. Audio production is supervised by Lyle Barrer at Desired Effect. The CIIS Public Programs team also includes Izzy Angus, Kyle Demetio, Alex Elliott, Emlyn Guinea, Patty Fort, and Nikki Rhoda. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe wherever you find podcasts, visit our website, ciis.edu, and connect with us on social media at CIIS Pub Programs. 
CIIS Public Programs commits to use our in-person and online platforms to uplift the stories and teachings of Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, those in the LGBTQIA community, and all of those whose lives emerge from the intersections of multiple identities.